introduce to y'all. We are here to introduce. I'm here to introduce. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comedy Connects. <laughs> Welcome to Comedy Connects. I'm Mike Shampo. I'm Jenny Soldner. And today we have Carl Barth and Alex Morris. Yes. How's it going, fellas? <laughs> good. Good. Thank you for having us. Yeah, good. Good. I'm glad to be here, too. Thanks yeah. for being on. I, I got that right, didn't I? God, now I'm... What, his name? Now I'm panicking that I didn't use Carl the right Barth. name. Carl Barth. Well, I mean... Nobody's not going to know cash who that money, is. I mean, cash, cash money, money, Carl. Carl. Cash yeah, money, that's, Carl. Sorry. Yeah, that's I, I how anyone's ever going to find you. Oh, no. You outed story. his real identity. <gasps> Actually, when you told me I was going to be on this podcast with Carl Barth, I did have to think about that for a second. <laughs> if you just said cash money, I would have gotten it like right off the bat. You know what, Carl? All you got to do, get a new pair of glasses and it'll be fine, just like Superman. Yeah. So, I mean, if people look up Carl Barth, they're going to find that famous theologian. So, Oh, that's definitely comparable. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you do a pretty clean set, so well, except for last time. Yeah, that that was the first time I tried anything that was a little bit dirty. So yeah, it was what, fun. what did you touch on that was dirty? Well, did I, I miss it? I, I swore. And you sw- oh Ooh, no, I know, I know. Swore. Well, I've never done that. I've I mean, never done that on a little set bit before, about Alex's so. set. If you want to talk dirty, but hey, uh, it, <laughs> it, if you can start off developing a, a clean set to begin with, that gives you a leg up because sometimes that's necessary with what we do. People might actually want you to come and do a clean set. Yeah, Mike did a family friendly once, right? No swearing, and boy, he struggled to rework. Oh, I just and kept you don't even have stop. a bad set, but you no. just you. I, I just I, I very naturally curse as a person in general, so it just finds its way <laughs> reasonably into my set. I don't go out of my way to either add it in or censor myself necessarily, but when I actually had to try and do my stuff and be cognizant of not swearing. I had to catch myself a couple of times. I actually, I have done a couple of clean sets myself and I thought that was going to be the case. I thought I was going to have to catch myself quite a bit, but it it surprisingly wasn't that difficult. And despite some of the stuff I do talk about in my sets, it wasn't too difficult to um, kind of rein it in a little bit. Really? Okay. It wasn't too bad. And I did a show before that nobody knew that kids were going to be there until we got there. So for me, it wasn't a change of pace at all, but the other comics were like, oh, no. Yeah, but haven't you ever had, like, I had a show once where we actually, there was a bunch of kids, and um, we actually asked, like, do you want us to clean up? It's like, nah, go right ahead. We, we don't care. I kind of feel like it depends on the venue, too. At that, like, if you bring your kids to a bar show or something, like, at that point, it's on the parents. Yeah, you know, it, it was a bar show you. with a banquet hall, so, I mean, it was kind of in the middle. Game, yeah, but. that's a tricky one. Yeah. I'll give you that, but I mean, like, if all of a sudden you're getting booked by, you know, N.E.W. Lutheran, you know, for... (laughs) (laughs) Or you do a corporate show, too. Oh, yeah. 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 Do corporate shows really need clean? Do they usually ask for clean? I feel like they do. I I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I haven't done corporate. Oh. What kind Uh, of shows do you guys usually do? Oh, for me, it's it's mostly, like, like, it's mostly bar shows, which I do. I love doing bar shows. Those are always fun. But every once in a while, I have done a comedy club or two. Um, but I like I think one of my favorites though was actually one of the first I did was at um, Burr Oak, I believe it was, and that was in Michigan. That was so much fun. That was a, technically a bar show, but it was a really nice one, mm-hmm. very nice bar, all craft beer. And I was, it was like um, when was this? It was like just a few months after my uh, divorce, and I just needed a, a place to get away. It was it was a real good time for me. Nice. I enjoyed it. Excellent. Well, and I do shows that any shows that anybody will book me for. So I right. guess I'm not, no, um, uh, I've done desperation. I've done bars and comedy clubs, but then uh, we also did an outdoor vineyard in the middle of downtown Cleveland. 
That's interesting. Yeah, that was that was a, was a weird vineyard one. Vineyard in Cleveland? Yeah, in downtown Cleveland. in the neighborhood. Yeah, and uh, they had a pig there named Skittles that was heckling during the set, and there was a wedding going on at the same time, and. A yeah. pig was heckling you? Yeah. The pig's name was Skittles, and it just wandered the property. That's... <laughs> so, so, yeah, that was cool. That's awesome. And now it, now and, I have to go to Cleveland. Yeah, I, I feel like... Uh, I never thought I'd say that, but... Well, maybe after that show, maybe they're not operating anymore. I don't know. Uh, no, they, they probably are. We they didn't shut tell, the place down. Yeah, they didn't tell us that the wedding was going on, so you know, they're doing their vows, and we're telling jokes about divorce and stuff like that. So oh, I wow. want to heckle so, vows as a comedian. I want to heckle vows as a comedian. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that's why we're never getting and, married. And since it was downtown, like people were like cruising so they're riding in on like atvs and motorcycles and revving the engines as you're going so not only we're getting heckled by pigs we're getting heckled by people passing by wow you even hold any type of concentration through all of this madness that's a lot of going on all at once especially being outside too i've never done done an outside show before so like you have to kind of yell anyway and and people are really spread out and they had like one speaker by the stage so you just, and, the, and nobody can really see you either so it's like somehow you have to convey that you're actually there and you're not just like a recording or something i think about nate bargazzi's recent netflix special have you guys seen that one no he's no, outside and there's um airplanes going overhead like it's right by an airport or something so these airplanes he has to keep pausing and it's they left it in the special where he's like pausing for the airplanes <laughs> there's a helicopter too yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. It was a it was a pandemic show, so like they kept panning and showing all the social distancing, and mm-hmm. you know, and of course he's making fun of that, and like this is so stupid. We're doing this outside. Like it's comedy's like, not meant to be outside. I think that's one of his best specials. And then I think of fantastic. Bo Burnham's pandemic special where he just filmed it inside, and it's like, yeah. man, the pandemic did wonderful things for comedy. Sam Morell did a special like that too. It's called the Up on the Roof special. I've watched it a couple times. It's super funny, and like he he talks about basically he's like, you know, if you guys got a roof, an amp. Just come, you know, be a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I completely forgot during the headliner set, uh, an ambulance went by with the lights on and everything. Oh, wow. So, like, someone. That died joke from killed. Land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only they would have heard it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, like, there's enough going on for all of that that at some point I think I would just abandon my set and just start remarking on what is happening around me and that absolute madness. That would be the worst set ever, just commentary of your surroundings. See, I couldn't do that. Uh, I no, think I, mean, I like, would yeah. just plow right through and really? just, yeah, like a recording. I would just plow right through it and just pretend I don't even hear them. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I did, yeah, because everybody wanted to hear about mini golf endeavors. Yeah, that was yeah, at, at the vineyard. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys mostly <laughs> just plow through or do you ever do crowd work or engage with I have what's going on. tried crowd work once. Yeah, it did not go well. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> it was it was just I was just doing a little hosting gig at uh, the attic, and I can't even remember what the context was, but they made a joke at at the two female audience members that were in our in our in the crowd. That was it. That was mm-hmm. the only audience we had, and I decided to go out there and try to like play off the joke. And nobody laughed, not even the comics <laughs> sniggered at no, Nobody cared. Nobody cared at all. And I was like, okay, just plow right through then. All right. So that's, and that's always kind of been my thing because I'm afraid if, for me personally, I'm one of those kind of guys that if I am, um, if I'm doing my comedy and somebody knocks me off my axis, mm-hmm. it's actually a little hard for me to get back on track. Yeah. You know, I can't do crowd work like that. And I've actually been lucky enough that I've, Probably shouldn't even say this. I've never really dealt with a heckler. Oh, knock yeah. On knock on all the wood. Yeah. Everyone knock. 
Yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about hecklers on the podcast just because it it's such a variable for each of us. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's my favorite topic because Absolutely. I feel like some of the funniest stuff happens and that's not encouraging heckling, but some of the funniest stuff comes out oh, of Oh yeah, if heckles. a guy knows what he's doing, like Tyler, if they know what they're doing when it comes to hecklers, it's it's a, it's a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. It Who's really Tyler? is. Tyler Sitar. Oh, we don't know him. Oh, he has he hasn't done comedy in quite some time, but he comes around the act every once in a while. Super funny dude, very mm-hmm. funny. Cool. And he, if you heckle his show, he will tear you apart. It is nice. it is beautiful to watch. I feel like Hayden Fredrickson, who was on our first podcast episode, mm-hmm. he handles hecklers yes, beautifully. He yeah, yeah. He's done a lot of work to like be a little bit more on his toes with that. Yeah, you know, he's he's had the opportunities. He's done a lot of hosts and he's done a lot of different shows in different places. So I assume at this point he's just had enough flavor to right. really like be able to like, all right, I, I know what I, I'm hecklers do don't really, um, you know, there's there's just kind of I don't know what's the word like they they're all the same. <laughs> they're I, not I very creative. It, it, oh, it depends. It's because yeah? some like I got one. I did get heckled one time. Actually, it was a very small one. That's why I don't count. But I was doing a joke where I was talking about my girlfriend. The guy just said to me, "You don't have a girlfriend." <laughs> that was it. That was the whole heckle. Boy, he and really put some time. Into I know that one. <laughs> real creativity behind that. And my response was even less creative. I just went, "Yeah, I do," and went right back to my set. <laughs> That was it. It, it was, was a, the classic on stage. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what it was. That's all I had in the tank. <laughs> that's one of those moments where like you wish you could have come up with the she goes to another school, you wouldn't know her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Carl? What's your heckling? Well, I have put it well, it's great that I was actually able to take the heckle and then later put it in my set, but I did have someone once tell me, you look poorer in person. <laughs> what? So that, that's like one of my favorite lines that I've gotten from someone. See, that's that's actually, that's a pretty good heckle. Yeah. Like, I mean, I not to insult you, but that's like, they, they put Mike's a little Mike's over thought. here going, yep, they were right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, hey, no. It's, hey, it's not my fault that night I didn't throw out real money. Uh, <laughs> hey, they got to go to every show if you want to get the money. I, you know, I change it up each time. Right. Sometimes yeah, for I'll, the listeners, that's Carl's shtick. I don't know what you call it. Would you say shtick? That feels insulting. He does a little bit of prop comedy. I guess, yeah, I, I guess I don't I'm think I like props. the word This one's stick. for Ross. Props! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we do that, he's probably, as he's listening to this now, at whatever time in the future this is, uh, he's probably doing that just because I gave him a shout out on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ross Huff, by the way. Yes. He has been a previous guest yep. on one of our episodes. Yep. Three in the morning, he just he's just yelling, props, and waking up the family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but while we're talking about this, let's actually describe it a little bit. So you want to talk about your, your props a little bit, Carl? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, he brought them here. Yeah. So you can check it. I'll put pictures up on our TikTok and Facebook. You can check out his beautiful So prompts. I have an ungodly amount of money with my face on it. I won't disclose <laughs> how much I actually have, but it's definitely tens of millions in cash money. Um, hopefully someday the market value will go up from zero cents. So <laughs> we're, 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 we're working on that. Um, and, and you that, just kind of leave it around wherever? Like, is this your calling card? Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's, it's my comedy business card, but it's kind of like a fun souvenir for people too. So if you become a serial killer, you're going to be easy to catch. Yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I probably won't do that. Okay. But maybe now that I admit it, I won't do that. And then I could do it. And then Right. You know, throwing everybody off my trail. There you go. Um, but uh, for people that don't know, uh, prior, prior to doing comedy, uh, I actually am a professional mini golfer. So I travel all over the country to do that. And I got on a TV show for that. And that's kind of where the Cash Money Carl 
I don't know if I want to call it. It's not really character. It's not really a persona. It just kind of happened. It's kind of like split personality, I guess. How do you go from, and I didn't even know professional mini golfer was a thing. So there's a new dream job. How do you go from that to comedy? Well, just being on the TV show is kind of like, oh, get, uh, get a behind the scenes look at the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. And I've always liked stand up comedy. And I was like, well, I've already made a fool of myself in front of millions <laughs> of people on national television. So uh, I could try comedy, I suppose. And uh, I, you guys talked on a previous episode with uh, Jack Hazley uh, with uh, about Dan. Uh, you said you said uh, that Dan Karn. Yeah, that he was there for your first uh, uh, set. Mm-hmm. So like. Uh, he was there for mine too, and then he was sick for a couple of weeks. So I think he saw my first set, and then I thought he quit comedy forever. Um, <laughs> but then he came back for yours. So then I was like, okay, just a little. Yeah, and we just, haven't he, seen him since. Yeah, so he's between the two of you. Yeah, he was just a little. Yeah, he was just a little turned off, I guess. But uh, no, um, good thing I wore my gloves that time. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's nothing. Um, but no, it. he he was really welcoming, as you had said too. Like. Uh, you know, I tried it on a whim. I had just moved uh, to Oshkosh, and I was like, "Well, all right, I'm gonna." Now that we've already moved, we're making all these changes in our life right now. I'm gonna just go ahead and sign up to do it. And it was like right at the beginning of October of two years ago, nice. no, last year, yeah. And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna just give it a try." I wrote up all my stuff for that for my set, and then uh, I did that. And uh, he said I did a pretty good job for the first time, and. See here, I I, I thought fun. he was super supportive, and now if everyone's just, telling the same story, he's just, he's totally sandbagged. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he could say that to me, it doesn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah. How long have you been doing comedy, Alex? I've been doing comedy for just a little over four years now. Excellent. Yeah. I what s- got you into it? Well, um, for me, it was just um, like I thought about doing comedy when I was like, I don't know, 19 years old, but I tried writing a joke. And it was really bad. Like I gave it, I was at work and I just wrote down a joke on a scrap of paper and I gave it to my uh, supervisor and um, I asked him, what do you think? And he just kind of looked at me and smiled and I knew it was <laughs> it was a bad joke. So I pretty much gave up right then and there. And then um, when I turned 30, I was um, hanging out with a buddy of mine and he basically said, dude, I think you're pretty funny. Why don't you ever try it? Try it. I was like, oh, I thought about it, but I don't know. He's like, just give it a try. So it seems like most of the comics, like obviously there's the outliers, right? But most of the comics that we know and we talk to have been doing it between two, you know, one and two years or four years. And so it makes me wonder where are the, those, like, did they move on? Like the people who have been doing it for a super long time, did they move on or did they, do you think that people just at, Five years, they're just kind of like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't say. I mean, I know there are some comics that have been doing it for multiple years, like um, like Rob Brackenrich, and he just he just right. continued to keep doing it. Um, but they end I, up like moving around, and yeah, I yeah. think that's the thing. Like you either move around and people stop hearing from you, or you just stop doing it and people stop hearing from you. Mm-hmm. One of the two. What do you think it would take for you guys to be like, I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. If anything, if I ran out of money, <laughs> Good basically answer. somebody like I think it would be like if to be like literally like my one of my favorite comics would have to come up to me and say, dude, you suck. Yeah, that would probably yeah. that's what probably would have to happen. All right. Then who are your favorite comics? Um, 
Uh, Patton Oswalt is definitely one of my favorites. Oh, I Big love influence when I was in college. I listened to him all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron White was probably my first love in terms of uh, comics. I listened to him when I was a teenager. I could recite his uh, tater salad uh, yeah. special <laughs> word for word. Yep. I like how you picked two guys, one that would absolutely not do that to you and one that absolutely would. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So what if they're what if Ron White comes up with a cigar in his mouth and is like you fucking piece of shit? And then Pat and Oswald is like patting you on the back. You if know, Pat like, and Oswald patted me it. on the back and said I can do it, then it wouldn't matter. I feel it like he he would he would pat my seven year old on the back and say you can do it. Like I don't think that's <laughs> he's so bright and cheery. He's so bright and cheery. Yeah. What about I you, girl? Well, if my favorite comic had said that to me, I'd be a little concerned because he's dead. Uh, that's John Panette. So. I mean, to be fair, Ooh, if he says one. that to you, that's a good sign you need to quit. That's yeah, from yeah. beyond. That's, that's being haunted. Yeah. That's and another one that would let you have it. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, that there'd be no holds bar there. He's, you, you really think so? He always seems so nice and jolly to me. I don't... <laughs> he, he, he seemed very harsh, though, in his in his deliveries and his content. Yeah, I, I feel know. like the phrase "jolly" coming from Alex could be pretty much anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> like, your bar of jolly is that a little is bit. That is very true. I mean, he really only ever got mean when it was when food was involved and you weren't sharing. So, All and right, that's so, valid. So, yeah, and then I guess uh, another favorite of mine is Brian Regan. Uh, got to see him last was, year at the Meyer Theater. Yeah. yeah, so that was really cool to see that. And then, and then I I bought those tickets because I was like, oh, I want to see him just because I'm still pretty early on and everything. And I was like, he's a clean comic, so like me doing all the clean material, uh, that was really motivating for me. Uh, and then immediately after I bought those tickets, uh, they said he was going to Skyline Comedy Club, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's an intimate setting. So. It was so I bought tickets for that too, and it was interesting to see even just in the few months how he progressed from doing the Big Meyer Theater to doing Skyline Comedy Club and the tags and all the different ways that he thought about doing stuff because he did a lot of the same material but it didn't feel the same because mm-hmm. of the you know his audience size and like how he's you know presenting that to everybody mm-hmm. so uh, that was really cool to see that so yeah John Panette Brian Regan those are my top two favorites nice at least one of them still kicking so there's yeah. a chance someone can hate you in real life knock on wood. we're knocking on wood again john panette's a good one though i haven't heard his name in a while but i always loved his stuff me too um for me it's uh it'd be mulaney uh mm-hmm. and burr um solid and, choices um i cannot stand bill burr we, know. we talk about this often <laughs> it comes up i cannot stand him um, i mean mulaney is he's a god like you can't even refute mulaney but yeah, i saw mulaney at, in milwaukee oh, at the man. riverside oh, oh. such a good i show. would see him in a heartbeat i'm sure all those seats were soaked with pee from people laughing so oh, yeah. that was just <laughs> terrific yeah um, it's a good selling feature. Yeah. Come and get pissed on. Yeah. And in both <laughs> cases, I think my fear wouldn't be of being rejected. It would be indifference from each of them. I think that they would be indifferent. If Which they... is sad. And I hope you never meet them because I would imagine that most comics have an indifferent kind of... Because imagine... You know, you like Mike, you've had people come up after like, oh, I've always wanted to do this and everything. Right. Like, I'm sure you guys have that, too, Mm -hmm. where people come up to you after show. I've always wanted to do that. You know, how do you get into that? And I can imagine for people like Mulaney or Burr or Patton, you know, all these people, the number of comics that come up and they're like, yeah, I've done some open mics. And they're like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's great mm-hmm. yeah yep. good job buddy because yep. i see I, again yeah yeah <laughs> i don't i don't think they would right dismiss you but the the level of indifference would be like oh yeah here we go again like they're just sick of hearing about it yeah what is the worst thing uh 
per, an audience member can do to you after a show? Well, um, I don't like just for me personally, I remember I did a show once and I thought I did really well. And um, I uh, I got off off and the uh, a woman walked up. She's like, "Wow, you were you were super funny," but that was very very sad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you need How to touch on how do those things well, coexist? Which is it? I, I honestly, I took that as a like I don't know how I was supposed to take it, but I took it as a huge compliment personally. Yeah, because that's that's kind of your thing. But like that was probably the worst thing anyone's ever technically said to me after a show um but yeah but at the same time i could i wasn't mad or i'm like oh that's kind of cool i mm-hmm. didn't mean to bum me out that much but <laughs> well and for our listeners who don't know you on a personal level or in the comedy comedy world um this may not really add up as it's being described so could you kind of break down how you would describe your stage presence and approach a uh, little bit yeah I'll, I'll, I'll definitely try um so um well one time um after a show a guy came up to me because i admittingly my comedy is very um is very low energy it's very self-deprecating and it does border on the uh, on the sad at times and i remember after i did a show a guy came up to, after me it was it was the dj and he asked me is that what you're like in real life dude <laughs> and i said to him the, what you see on stage that's that is me just cranked up to 11 mm-hmm. like it's all the neuroses and all the worry and all like the antisocial behavior that i try to keep repressed just kind of coming to the fore and that's kind of what what i'm all about it's it's like i said so i'm not very good at explaining it but that's basically what it is yep yeah yeah so the idea of somebody approaching you and being like wow that was brilliant funny comedy but i feel terrible now <laughs> again i couldn't help but just find that like and again this, it's not even the first time like another guy came up to me afterwards and he actually offered me a job um working for his cell phone company <laughs> i i don't know if it's because he felt like really 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 bad for me <laughs> look man i don't think this is working out but i got you all right because he's, he's like because i he actually, because he came up to me after, was like, "Dude, I'm sorry. Um, I'm the one who yelled out, damn in the middle of your set, just because it was so sad.'" <laughs> and he gave me his business card and oh, wow. told me to give him a call. You, you have the most unique bars to cross because of the way that you, the, the way that you do your comedy. Because like, I, I like we're laughing because it's it, it, it does kind of represent what you do, but it's well written and interesting and you grab people's attention so they actually feel that and they're like i laughed and i feel terrible that i did are you okay yeah that's <laughs> in a sense that is what i'm trying like i like i wrote in my bio a while back that i want people to laugh at me and with me you know mm-hmm. yeah you know i'm i'm free to it it's totally fine i don't care if you laugh you know i've laughed at myself so why not you laugh too mm-hmm. wow Very it's nice. like do you need a hug there's a well, s- yeah, but, <laughs> but didn't you listen you. to my set? I don't want anybody to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> there, that's, a, that's its own level of talent, though. The fact that you can deliver things so melancholy and still people are dying you know like it's well i definitely think i have um i i mean i can't really say because like i'm always in my head all the time but i like to think that i perked up a little bit you know <laughs> oh we've seen the change <laughs> have we i don't know, <laughs> I, don't know. Well, I, I saw I, a little spring in his step last time i saw him before. I, I like to think so because um i think jim even told me that he he saw me once and he was like yeah that dude's not all right jim barry <laughs> yeah yeah 
Something like that. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it was, it was something to that effect. Uh, all right. Well, Carl, what's the worst thing someone said to you? Uh, it wasn't what they said. It's what they did. Oh. After every show, people leave my cash money around and they're supposed to take it home with them. Oh, oh. you know what's funny about that is I pick it up and then set it on the table because I figured you would collect it. Well, I have to because otherwise they won't have me back. But I so. feel like I always thought it would be like theft to take no, your no. cash money home. I'm giving it to everybody. And oh, <laughs> I think you got to make that more clear. All right, all right. Take it home with you. Yeah. Right. I, well, sometimes I'll, I'll do a joke that's like how you can use it. But uh, yeah. But sometimes you put real money in there when you shoot yeah. it out. And somehow people don't leave that behind, do no, they? No, no, sometimes they do. They really? just think it's my cash money still. Oh. So they're like, I don't want So wanna... you got to like stick some actual hundreds in there. I've done and that see at Skyline. <laughs> I've done it at Skyline before. Nobody yeah. went for it. So. Wow. so sometimes I'll do that just for fun. It's more fun for me, oh, not wow. really for anybody else. But see, I have don't to. Don't tell be... everyone the secret. Just well, tell I, us. I know. But I have to be careful about that, too, because if I throw the real hundred and it lands on the stage. And I don't pick it up, then so definitely the comic after me is gonna get a good payday. Cause, All right, so because they're gonna pick that up. Oh, yeah, so, I'm, I'm gonna check the floor. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, guys, check the floors. That's that's how you get paid for an open mic. You follow Carl. <laughs> yeah, but I can tell you that this cash money is real tear absorbent too. So, yeah. is it work as toilet paper? Yes, that's actually one. Of, that's one of the <laughs> things I recommend you use it for. I'm picturing uh, Woody Harrelson dabbing. Yeah, and it was it Zombieland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Zombieland dabbing his tears with. Loads of cash. I'm yeah. over here thinking about the legal implications. Like someone gets a bad paper cut or gets their <laughs> eye or something and your name's right on I there. I know. I've often worried about like when I'm using the money gun or just throwing it in the crowd that it's going to land right in the candle. And then front row, they have the candle set up yeah. and I'm like, oh, great. Well, at least they know what they're getting to pay for the, the damages and whatnot because this is all I got. I spent everything I had on the cash money. So, for the listeners, uh, the comedy club that we often uh, visit and perform at, they have actual lit candles on the table, which is such a rarity now. Yeah, which there's a lit candle on our table here in front of us too. So watch out with your money. You know, I actually just saw Brian Callen recently, and right before the show started, some ladies' hair no kind of started smoking a little bit. Really? Oh. That doesn't surprise me because the tables are so close together, well, and if and you kind of lounge two in back the and. Yeah, yeah, it's really an interesting choice. Well, and, if you're, and if you're drinking, you're not really paying attention. And, and there are those oil ones too. They're not right. even like regular candles. Yeah, they're the floating like. So tea it's light like if oil. you knock yeah. it over. Yeah, I'm shocked they haven't gone to fake candles yet. But <laughs> it's probably time. We should we should talk about that. With we them. should yeah, yeah, we should talk because we're in that. a position to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Use our authority. <laughs> I haven't had any real negative interactions except from from my mother and friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was the third best one night, so that was nice. Yeah. And only two people yeah, went, his, right? <laughs> well, his mother ranked him. Like, how how was the show, mom? Well, you were, you know, we ranked you, and you were the third best out of really all the happened? comments. Absolutely. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the family's savage. I, I take that back. I think if my mother told me I sucked at it, I, I think I would not. I, I would absolutely just curl up and die. Mike's got to plow through that one. He's got to. Oh, he's yeah, just got to no. live it. My parents, th- th- their opinion of my comedy isn't important. Your, your daughter doesn't hate your comedy anymore, though. No, she For doesn't. a while, she was like, you're not funny. No, my, my daughter would consistently <laughs> tell me you're not funny. Stop it. Like every time. Because I just, I just. I just drop jokes around the house like any dad does, as I'm supposed to. It's in the contract. It's <laughs> binding. Um, 
And she was just, you're not funny. But then she saw me on stage. I think it, uh, it it gave some validation, some credibility to what I'm doing. And now she only tells me I'm not funny like every third day. <laughs> so, is your fam- Are your families mostly supportive? Oh, yeah. Um, I actually, um, I kept it from my family for quite some time. Mm-hmm. When I started comedy, I would just tell them I'm going out for a while. <laughs> this underground is yeah. secret and that must have really like I'm, I'm sure especially for my mom that was probably a little nerve-wracking because like i had just gotten like like no actually no i was still no i was still married at the time so never mind i was still married but um so things were as bad as they could be yeah, yeah you could say that <laughs> well things were definitely going downhill but but i did keep it from them for a long time i, I kept it for a couple months and then finally i was like my mom asked, where are you going, Alex? And I'm like, all right, fine, Mom. I'm, I've been going to the comedy club, all right? Like, it was some bit, like, <laughs> like good, you need a laugh. <laughs> and she was actually, like, I think she, like, shout out to my mom. I'm sure she'll listen to this in the future. But um, after, like, I did a couple sets at, I started at um, Argus in, uh, in Madison. Okay. And afterwards, I remember I recorded a couple of my sets, and I gave one to my mom to listen to. And she, I, I thought she was going to be appalled because mm-hmm. of everything I was saying. And she just kind of looked at me and she smiled. She said, Alex, I think you found your calling. Oh, that that's, 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 that's my mom. Mike's mom listened to the recording and went, I don't understand. Any of this. <laughs> I don't get it. What joke. do you mean? I don't get it. I just, I just don't understand. <laughs> How's your family, Thanks, Carl? Mom. Well, I asked my wife to go to every show and she says, no, nah, I'd rather play Animal Crossing. So... <laughs> So that's kind of how that goes. We should get our your wife and my mom together. They should get lunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's got sixteen thousand or sixteen hundred hours on animal logged on Animal Crossing. So uh, it's impressive. I've never played. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say like uh, she has been to like one hour of my shows. So that's that's, that's a good that's, that's a fair. good ratio. I think. So if I start playing Animal Crossing, I can leave you alone. I mean, I like your support, so I prefer that that isn't the case. No, she's she's really supportive. I usually will work on my writing and then go through it with her first and stuff like that. But uh, we have a tiny dog, so she does she can't leave him alone. So. Yeah. So do you usually like? Does she know? Every, is she the first to hear every joke? Do you run everything by her, or do you just no, kind of no? Just some of them. Mm, not all of them. Just the ones that have her in it because I have to yeah. get her approval. <laughs> uh, I don't do that. Uh, and yeah. then. Uh, yeah, anything that I'm like, I think it's funny, but I'm not really sure other people will get it because, like, right. I feel like I definitely have a very different sense of humor than most people, which I, I think is a good thing because even if if it's not necessarily as funny, it's just something different to watch than like the same kind of jokes row uh, going again and again and again. Do you ever run your jokes by anybody else? Uh, I have some Do other you crowdsource. Um, I guess I have a couple of comic friends that I. I We'll go back and forth with uh, my men, my comedy mentor. We will go back and forth on jokes for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, help him write some jokes. He helps me write some jokes. Just like come up with a premise and be like, "Well, did that actually sound like Cash Money, Carl, or was that Carl?" So like, <laughs> we gotta like, you know, amp it up a little bit. So, um, yeah, I'll usually go back and forth with uh, my buddy Matt Miller. Mm-hmm. So, and he he's a comic in Illinois. So, nice. We, we, I mean, we're four hours apart, but you know. Constantly talking to each other almost every day, talking about four hours apart, but together in spirit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Do you run your jokes by anyone, Alex? Oh, yeah. I run past my girlfriend all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually why she doesn't really like going to the shows most of the time because she's heard all my material. Oh, like, yeah. She'll only come to the, like, it's, she's made it emphatically clear to me that she only will come to the shows now if there's, like, other comics mm-hmm. that she hasn't seen before because she's just tired of hearing my set all the time, which I understand because I will run through the entire set with her in total before the show starts. Yep. I, I relate to that because I feel kind of bad if anyone's paying attention. Like we just did um, the show this past Saturday and I was standing right up by the stage. Everyone could see me and mm-hmm. all these other comics that, you know, they, they're from Madison, Beloit, right? We haven't really seen them much. I'm dying listening to their sets. And then Mike gets up there and I'm just straight faced, you She's know, just recording, paying like, close attention, trying to keep the camera it's still. Like, you know, I've heard it. And there's some, because I go to so many open mics and so many shows and, you know, you guys tell the same things over and over and over again that it's like, I want to laugh. I want to support you, but I've heard this 40 times. <laughs> yeah. And my girlfriend has told me pretty much the same yeah. thing. Yeah. There are times that like I've been at Skyline, you know, open mic and I'm just laying there. I'm yawning. I'm just like, I've seen it. Yeah. So but, my, my treat is to try and find new interjections on my material to just give her something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, I tell a, a gun violence joke and I actually made the hand motion of a gun and she, she's right next to the stage. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. It, it Is was, that thing loaded? It was, what the it, heck? It, it was very like... I can't believe you just did that. I don't appreciate your rendition of me. Well. <laughs> oh, speaking of, do you guys ever do uh, impersonations? That's the word I'm looking for. No, God, I, 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 could. I cannot do impersonations no? to save my skin. I don't actually have any vocal talent to do impersonations with. Like, I can't, I can't mimic anybody's voice in any kind of conceivable way that anybody would be like, oh, yeah, that was clearly so-and-so. It's, yeah, I mean, I've done a couple, but... They've always been told that they're really bad and never to do it ever again. So <laughs> can't do that. But in uh, the right way, a bad impersonation can yeah. be just as funny. And then just like the ones that like everybody can do, like everybody can do Forrest Gump. So it's like that, that's easy. Right. But so, but so you don't want to do them, right? Because everyone's heard someone do that. Um, I mean, I when I first started, and then I was told probably not the best idea. I did some beatboxing and tried to include that into my set. Uh, it was fun, but I it was, was there that, that was the first time yeah. we saw you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was fun, but like comics were like, it's not comedy. It's not just do fu- just be funny. I remember and, the first time seeing that and I because we had never seen or heard of you before. And right. I was like, I mean, I I guess that's a way to use the stage because I was it was good. Yeah, I, but I, I, it I wasn't I, comedy. Well, thank you. I, I, I thought it was just a little bit different, but yeah, it, it was wasn't creative. what everybody else was doing. And I thought actually that was one of my first like real laughs was like the first time I did the beatboxing and it's and I'm spitting into the mic right and I'm just and like great now everybody after me has COVID and that <laughs> one actually kind of went over well and I was like okay so there's something there but like definitely don't rely on the beatboxing part but just kind of maybe try to include the sound effects aspects kind of like a Michael Winslow type thing yeah at some point but not there yet because I probably just need to work on more of just the general like stage presence and being comfortable on stage before I'm trying to like, oh yeah, let's now add rhythm to this. Right. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, and that's a good thing. Like, you know, it makes me think of magicians who also do comedy, right? Like mm-hmm. where you're not relying on the magic, but the magic is still there. It's still valid, but people are laughing at the, you know, comedy. Right. I kind of also, it, I guess that kind of leads to another thing too. Like, so 
Um, for one show that I'm doing, they also want me to incorporate mini golf into my set. So I created this like... Like you're up there golfing? Well, not me. I'm going to take people from the audience and it's kind of like a crowd interaction type thing. Okay. I'll give like commentary on them, like kind of like a holy moly bit. And then they're going to putt for a real $100. So like well, that, cool. that adds the, the cash money Carl element into that. And then I can still have my mini golf part that means so much to me included in anything. So would I say that is particularly being a comedian? No, I would just say that's more of just being like a one-man show entertainer Yeah, like a performance. Yeah, but I I still like having all the aspects. And like, yes, I can include comedy. I can include the mini golf. Sure, if I wanted to do some beatboxing, I can include that in there too. So just having different things to pull out opposed to like, okay, I just have to do my jokes and that's it. And then the next person does their jokes and that's it. So Mm -hmm. it just depends, like kind of reading the room. I mean... That's also why I've been on a couple shows that had kids because they're excited because they'd seen the show and everything like that. And then th- they just want to have that experience too. So, But that stuff's also important just to be memorable, right? So mm-hmm. like even though you did the beatboxing because you're wearing your, you know, he, he he's wearing a shirt full of money. As always, you got your money hat on. I remembered you immediately the next time I saw you. And same with Alex. Like I, you know, the same thing. Like whereas there, if if you're just doing comedy as yourself, you know, if you're being like Mike over here, it's just so kidding. Boring. But, so boring. You know, you really have to like it. I don't know how to say I this, see this is going to be insulting now, but like, especially as you're beginning, you're not going to stand out, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to have that instant memorable, not to say you can't be memorable, but I wasn't, I think that it can be like really beneficial to have something like that. Well, I had, I have kind of a similar thing with that from literally my first night of doing comedy. I do my set. It was okay. I mean, it was a first set, so it's not going to be great at all. Right. But I got a couple chuckles, maybe pity laughs. I don't know what to call them at this point, but I remember, I won't say who it was, but a comic that's been doing it for a while. And they had, uh, someone had come up after the show and said, uh, Cash Money Carl, that was awesome. So they had already remembered my name because I had the mm-hmm. money and all that stuff ready to go. And then they said to the other guy who had been doing it for a while that's very funny, way funnier than me, said, hey, buddy, you were good too. Like, oh, wow. So it's like, okay, well. <laughs> made you stand out. Right. Well, not, I'm maybe I'm, I'm definitely not the funniest person. I'm working on trying to be funnier, but I'm memorable. So, mm-hmm. And that, that's, that could be something that you might not have after decades of performing, you, you, you might be really funny if people just happen to be like, oh, I'm going to go see this comic on a whim. And they're like, oh, that was like one of the funniest people I've ever seen, but I don't remember their name or anything like that. But then uh, people remember my name, helps that I throw the money and they have something to take home with them to remember right. who I am. And I'm still working on being the funny part. So. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just perform. you know, it's performance. Right. And it doesn't have to be rolling laughter every two minutes or every two seconds or whatever. It's just, it's a performance. Are they entertained? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of why we see so many uh, YouTube crossovers now. Mm. Is that these people aren't naturally stand-up comedians, but they built themselves a platform to advertise with and cross over and do other things with it. Right. I think about J.P. Sears. Yeah, exactly. Who didn't start out as a stand-up comedian, but his stuff, you know, was funny and it worked on stage. You guys saw him too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, th- I thought he was definitely more like a storyteller than he was. Like yeah. a comedian. Like again, it was more. It was entertaining. Jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I enjoyed it. And sometimes it just had you know a personality on stage can be enough. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the most witty writing you've ever seen. It can be 
that is just an interesting person to observe for 45 minutes. Right. You know, so. Well, actually, um, you can thank uh, uh, Chuck Charles because he was the one who, because I was writing down some ideas and I was like, oh, sort of black comic. I didn't think much of it. I showed it to him and he thought it was super funny, so I kept it. I agree. I, yeah. uh, and, you know, Chuck with his expertise in radio is definitely has a, an eye for branding, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that works. So, yeah, if you ever want to check out any of my videos, you can go to Sort of Black Comic, and I have, like, maybe five videos there so far. Hope are, you, get more. are you ever selective of, like, trying to hide things, you know, like, hide some content where it's, like, you've got to come to the show for this, or do you just put it all out there? Uh, so far right now, because I, mainly, I don't have that many clips. I, I really don't. I don't have many good, I should say, I don't have many good clips. So, but I, I think I would just put it out there. I think I would, mm-hmm. you know. And if you really like me, I'll write more jokes and you can come see more of it. You know? <laughs> there you go. Do you have anything online? I know oh, you have I'm, a lot of your mini golf yeah, stuff on your TikTok. Stuff on and... Still trying to figure out how to do the comedy transition of things because a lot of my mm-hmm. like online stuff is mostly just pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so working on getting video, I for a while I did put my like open mic sets on YouTube and then I was like, this is a terrible idea. Anybody watching this is going to be like, Wow, he's not that good. Well, let's never <laughs> see him again. Um, but no, uh, so I'm working on doing that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, mostly it's just trying to figure out that blend of, uh, okay, this worked for my mini golf stuff. That was successful. Mm-hmm. Can I impl- uh, uh, apply this to comedy? And I know like with the comedy, I definitely need to do more clips and just do maybe a couple jokes. But I, I wouldn't necessarily hide anything from anybody. I think if they want to see it, they can see it because right. there's, there's always something different about seeing something in person versus seeing the video because just the dynamic of the room or whatever, the audience is going to change how that that bit particularly goes. So Right. Because I've always went like there's so, you know, when you think of as the comics get bigger, obviously, you know, you talk about Mulaney and, you know, Patton Oswalt and stuff. They have their stuff out there everywhere. Right. But it seems like a lot of the newer comics, it's impossible to find sets or clips out there. And I've always wondered if that was Well, I mean, take again Sam Morell, he's one of, he's another one of my favorite comics. And he has like three of his specials just on YouTube for anyone to watch. But I would always watch more of his stuff. Yeah. Always. So I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with doing that at all. You know, especially if you can develop a fan base. Cause like I said, you know, like if I found out that Sam Rowe was in, in Madison at some point in time, I would absolutely go to see him mm-hmm. just because I'm that big of a fan. So I think it's a great idea personally. I think it also depends. Like some comedians write new material over like so fast. Like we yeah. were just talking the other night about Ryer Cameraman, who was mm-hmm. on the podcast before that, you know, she just pounds Turns. out. The, like the, the term is churns. The, yeah, the, she, just she just churns it out. Boom, 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 and it's just over and over. Whereas again. other comics, you know, they have like their type five or their fifteen or whatever, and mm-hmm. they just really fine tune that. So it's harder because I think if you're going to get online and do TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, you need to keep pushing out content to build that following. You know, you can't just stick up a couple of videos and hope someone finds right. them someday. Well, That's, I was going to say we mentioned earlier about like doing the open mics too. I realized uh, like when I first got started, like I, I did like my same sets over and over again. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of getting boring and repetitive. I definitely got uh, like this stuff down. So really for the last, I don't know, 30 sets or so at Skyline, it's been a new four minutes every time for mm-hmm. me. Like I'll play off of something that I did in a previous 
time I was there. Like I'll always make like a comment of like something to do with like the money, um, uh, talking about like just being a disappointment, like keep riffing off of those similar ideas, but it's always a different joke because then I'm trying to piece together. Okay. I got a reaction from this, even though it was the first time maybe it wasn't, it's still a little rough, but if I even got just a little reaction, then I know I can work on that. And then I'm realizing now that I have like complete 10 minutes, mm -hmm. uh, sections of different like areas that I could go with comedy and it's like building out into a sequence. Yeah. How, how often do you add new material? Oh, well, I'm actually in the process of, um, I'm working on a, on a 20 minute set, uh, for this weekend. And I did, um, I did do one before, but I, for life, man, I can't remember where, but the point is that, um, I am in the process of taking, and it is some tried and true material, but some of it's newer material that I actually really just, I can't really say if it's tried and true, but I just enjoy it. <laughs> so I just, I just add it to my set and I'm like, I, I personally am just, I'm in the process right now of just trying to build, like, this is going to be my tight 20 and I'm just only going to add from there. Like mm -hmm. that's going to be the foundation. That's where um, I'm at right now yeah. as well. Um, it's it's probably it's probably right around like 18 minutes because there's a couple in there that either need some tweaking or something. But it's it's really really close to 20. And I'm 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 like, that's exactly what I'm going to do. It's like this is where I'm going to be yeah. probably for the next year, and it's going to be trying to get to that next five minutes. But and mm -hmm. from there because it's just I, I found a joke that I like to end on now. Um, and I used to have a joke that I like to start with, but they, that part of the set was all together, right? That there was like a, like a 13 minutes chunk of it where it's like, this just flows perfectly. I can't mess with that. I can't break this up. Mm. So now this whole thing has to go to the end and now I need to rework the first seven minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's your, at some point you just have to commit to what you're doing and then just slowly try and build on that next minute at a time. Yeah. I think it's fascinating that comics think in terms of minutes or five minutes. Like, you know, your life is broken up. <laughs> 125 words a minute. Yeah. You know, <laughs> 600 words for every open mic. and. <laughs> yep. So how do you write your jokes? That's the vaguest question I could possibly give you. But, like, what's your general process? Uh, well, I guess for me, I'm writing every day with my mini golf stuff. So just having that time separated to just do writing is really easy for me. I do it all in my phone. I don't handwrite it out because my handwriting sucks. I wouldn't remember <laughs> what I wrote anyway. My memory is really bad too. It's a great Seinfeld episode, by the way, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if anyone's familiar. <laughs> but my, uh, my memory is really bad. I take uh, medication for my migraines. So my short-term memory is like nothing. So who are you guys again? No, I'm just kidding. Right. Um, but, um, I we were just telling you, you were so easy to remember. Yeah. And now, <laughs> but I, I have a real problem with that. So, uh, I'll, I'll try to, every time I have a thought, I'll just at least try to get the general premise down mm -hmm. and then I'll, I'll write it all out completely. Then I will write out my entire set that I want to perform for a night, like at Skyline or whatever for the four minutes and I'll work on timing it and then break it down. And then, uh, after I, try that I will make an outline of just like a buzzword for each of the jokes mm -hmm. so then I can remember that and that'll be kind of like a set list and then eventually I move away from that and not have anything that I'm like backup or notes or anything but uh, a good buddy of mine told me to write your set list on a coaster and bring that up with you for your drink so nobody will ever notice when you're picking up your drink that you're looking at your set list. Son of a bitch. That is so smart. So, so that's something I've been working on. That because a I'm a set list guy. I have three pieces mm -hmm. of paper for my 20-minute set. 
that have keywords written out for right. every joke just in case I get lost because I don't ever know where I'm going to get stuck or lost or you know if something goes on in the crowd and breaks my concentration and I have to quickly like all right that's the last one I told okay now I'm here um but yeah because it's like yeah I what ends up happening is that I my memory is terrible as well and I don't have a good reason for that it just isn't good um, <laughs> <laughs> I, the only thing I can attribute to is that maybe I had too many concussions as a kid from football that's that, that's my most plausible uh possibility um but uh but yeah, because um, it's it's very prominent. They're white pieces of paper. They're about you know about three inches across, you know about eight inches long, and it's like they just sit there, and it's very clear what mm-hmm. what they're there for. Um, in fact, it was like I finally played into it this past Saturday, where I was like page one done, and I threw it <laughs> off the. Stool. I, I do that often too. If I'm yeah. working on new stuff, I'll just I'll, I'll have full sheets of paper, so I'll just. Be like looking through that and be like, okay, I did that and just toss it onto the stage. I was really shocked to see how many comics use notes like that and how many comics reference. I didn't expect. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I, I need to get out of the habit of doing it for short sets. If I'm doing five mm-hmm. minutes at an open mic, I need to start getting used to not having those notes. I need to be able to commit five minutes at a time to memory. Alex, you know, like never have notes. Oh, no, actually, that's not true. I actually do bring notes up there. From really? Time He's to been time. using the coaster the whole time. I was <laughs> ahead of his years. I feel like you're very top secret. Like some yeah. people walk up there with a whole notebook. Alex, is, just, what are you staring at? All I have is I just have, honestly, it's just a safety net for me. And I, I try to bring it up. Like I really, really try to do it if I have a show. But if I have an open mic, and especially if I'm trying new material, I will just scribble some. I'll just scribble the names of the jokes on a piece of paper in the order that I'm doing them in, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just put it on the stool, and I might glance at it from time to time. Well, you are a secretive glancer because I almost never notice that you See, have and notes. I always so think good it's job. so blatantly obvious when I do it. Mine is. No. I feel like I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like is. everyone can tell when I'm doing it, and I nope. like that's one area like I'll always kind of get like um, what's I'm trying in, insecure. Mm-hmm. I'll if I. For some reason, if I'm if I'm telling a joke and I have a pause moment, like where I can't quite remember what I'm supposed to do, I'll always go to my girlfriend. Did I? Could you tell that I paused? Mm-hmm. Could you tell? And it's no, I couldn't tell. But I'll ask that every single time. And that's like the, you know, with him, I'm always with Mike. I'm always like hyper. Like you know, I will notice even the smallest things. It's because I know him, right? But then there will be times too that I'm like, no, I couldn't even tell about this. But because I see the rest of you so much. I'm not as hyper critical as I am for poor Mike here, but Welcome. I do, <laughs> I do spend a lot of time like analyzing, like oh, you know, like when we had Chuck Charles on here, it was like I I <laughs> called out like here's your nervous habit, like and you know, and I end up critiquing little things, but I have not noticed. It's your not set even critiquing; list, so it's just observing, observing. Yeah, and because we see each other enough, it's like. You just find it. it it's it, you're not trying to. It's just and there. these aren't things you know because I can remember like with you know Chuck. I can remember the first time seeing him and thinking he was absolutely hilarious, and I didn't notice any of those things. But after the thirtieth time, now I'm like, oh, he always does that. <laughs> so now we're gonna see you in the front row with a notebook, staring. I am. <laughs> if you if you ever want to know your bad habits that no one else is gonna notice, she'll find them. I'll All find right. them. Sounds sounds mm-hmm. like walking testament to that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, what I do. But sometimes too, like when I'm writing, like I had an idea for a joke on the way up here because as I'm driving, I saw a billboard. I fucking hate that. And I can't and, stop to do anything about it. Well, I, I recently started doing audio logs. Like, so I'll do like the oh. voice memo and just start talking about it and be like, all right, I don't know where this joke is going to go yet, but 
this billboard was funny. Uh, the Peppermint Hippo was advertising that you can watch all the UFC fights there. It's a strip club. Why are you going there to watch fights? Aren't you there to watch the women? Like, what are you doing, right? Like, that was like the thought. I just saw the billboard on the way up here. And I was Depending like, Depending on the club, you might see both. Hold on to those little clips because, you know, when right. you have three Netflix specials, those will be like the new NFTs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Man, you want to join the cash money team? Uh-uh. Carl, no. No. We're, I, I we're don't work team. for Carl hundreds. I don't the real ones, too. <laughs> Damn it, I don't pay. Shit. I, I'll, yeah. I'll work for anyone who's throwing $100. Yeah, we could start a new podcast, call it like Money Talks. Money Talks. Funny Money. Yeah, there we go. Money Talks. And the theme could be I totally abandoned Comedy Connects because Money Talks. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mike. (laughs) I just lost the brains behind the operation. This whole thing is shot now. See, you didn't see that I changed the contract that you sent me to switch it the other way around. You handled that it. too. I handled that too. He would never even. He doesn't even see them. I have <laughs> he no would idea never what's notice. in that thing. Uh, he doesn't know what I put in that thing. All right. So, at what point are we supposed to start undressing? Because I, I thought that was a theme in that the other. That is podcasts. the theme. Is undressing. I, I mean, you were just talking about yeah. throwing hundreds at me. Right. So. I'm not. Yeah, I knew I'd have to there, bring it up. There was a strip club. There was. There was the strip. I yeah. think that's how I'm going to handle I, a heckler in the future. Is like if they're Nathan's starting to heckle me, I'm going to threaten to take off my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, when I asked if you guys had a YouTube presence or anything, I thought you were going to talk about an OnlyFans, Alex. So I'm impressed that you <laughs> you kept it on the straight and narrow. It's a good Unlike job. his material. Unlike his material. <laughs> and my wife just doesn't like me mentioning it, so I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Does so, it, is it because it features her and she's a little embarrassed? No, it's all me. It's, it's all me. All, it's just it's just me, like in a, in a in a bathtub of cash money, and then in a slightly larger bathtub because I didn't <laughs> fit in the smaller bathtub of cash money. <laughs> then in a hot tub of cash money. Then in a hot tub of baked beans because I was hungry. Oh dear. Yeah. So yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> if you could lay in any bathtub of food, what would it be? Maybe it's cheese curds and baked beans together in the yeah, same bag. A little sweet and salty. Yeah, that's that's gonna Cash get like poutine? gooey and gross. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> for for me, it would probably have to be because I, I wrote a joke about that about this not a while back, but it had to be like salted caramel or something like that. That's I could sticky. totally see myself just lounging in that, like like the fat pig I am. I'd get How stuck in the tub ever- like Howard or, or um, uh, Ta- President Taft on his inauguration day, getting stuck in the bathtub. <laughs> Yeah, that would be the problem with the caramel. Like, yeah, like, and then how would you? There, oh, I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, but when I see it, I see it like warmed up, almost like a jacuzzi. So it would be sticky, but it wouldn't be super sticky. So yeah, caramel but, fondue. I'm yeah, sorry, but go. I lay in a bathtub of water, and I get in, and it's warm, and then it gets cold. That's hardening <laughs> you're coming out with a whole like han you solo you might not get back out that's the real issue <laughs> that's what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. the han solo, the han solo situation <laughs> all right so i want to read that obituary <laughs> <laughs> he died the way he lived he right? salted and carmel as a life well lived as far as i'm concerned <laughs> I don't oh, have a clue man. what I would do. No? Because no, I would want something that's like non-Newtonian, right? So like it suspends me a little bit. But, you know, I'd want to be able to freely move as well. So this whole, you know, the sticky factor would matter. So mm. what can hold me up, which is a feat all on its own. And what what can I easily move through? I just don't know what that would be, I guess. Jello that hasn't really 
finished yeah. solidifying it. But you I was so thinking, what's the yeah. what's that with the little balls? Boba. No, not oh, that would be because I love. Um, oh, what are those things your kids play with? No, those Orbeez? are Orbeez. Orbeez, but they're not but food. But I'm not food. So what's it's not pistachio. What is the Jello? There's a particular kind of Jello that you're talking it, about. Well, Jello makes it tapioca. Oh, tapioca. there it is. Oh. That's what boba is. No, it, well, boba's big though. I want that they little tapioca they're tapio- pudding. They're tapioca pearls. They have them in different sizes. But they're boba's yeah, big. My daughter puts them on her. Uh, Frozen custard, like going to Smart Cow or whatever. Mm. They got the little, they're little like little red balls. That's a little bougie, even for me. Bo- <laughs> oh, she's she's a high class kid. <laughs> all, right, I... all right. Well, that was the weirdest, most pointless conversation we've ever had on this show. I don't yes. think so. Oh, no? dang! No. I thought we had. I, one. I, I think really? we could do. A, I think we could do a, d- a deep cut on that and find something. Oh, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about high school sports. I don't know. A fat black guy dipped in caramel. Know, that seems that seems pretty weird. <laughs> oh, we just got the episode name. Episode name. There it is. That's like uh, that's almost like a parody of Dune or something, right there. Uh, end up all over TikTok on that one. <laughs> well, that's the you know this is the issue that I feel like we run into is because Mike and I are both very white. And Speak for yourself, yeah, you're I am whiter. So cultured, shampoo. You're whiter than I am. <laughs> what am I? So you're white too. Oh, okay. But I, was, I mean, I in, in the excluded. theme of <laughs> in the theme of the podcast, so like you know, we had Jose Montero on here last time, who's you know, it, he it, it's hilarious because he jokes that he looks white, and so I made a TikTok recently yeah, of him that, doing, yeah. and I'm like, I gotta put his name like prominently on there because otherwise he just looks like some <laughs> white dude being racist. <laughs> so I don't think I could name it black guy in salted caramel or whatever. And, and that's my picture it. on there. <laughs> <laughs> but we wish we could. That's the thing with comedy is that fine line between hilarious and canceled. Yep, it works for some, not for mm-hmm. all. Like it's just the way it is, and you. We have this conversation a lot about... We do. The number of times I tell Mike, you're white, you can't make that joke. <laughs> and he's like, but it's the reverse. You know, if black people can say, then I can. And I'm like, it doesn't work well, that that's way. Not, that's not, I've never actually said that. Okay. That sounds way worse <laughs> than anything I've ever said. Let's take that sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, okay, this is it. This is the moment. This I got to get this moment. right. No, it's just our friend, Mike. Is an African American man, and he likes to be like, "Oh, you gotta tell that. This is great. Let me give you some material. Hey, we did this thing. It was funny." And I'll be like, "All righty, I'll see if I can turn it around on its head and make it work." And then I show it to her, and she's absolutely not. No. Mike doesn't sound like a very good friend. He's right. trying to get you canceled. <laughs> That's what I. And that might be say, it, honestly. He'll say like, "Well, tell him, tell him your black friend said." I'm like, "You can't use that anymore. Too many people tried that card, and it didn't work." Actually, like, somebody tried that with with me. Uh, me, um, Jack, and Dan, we were at a show, and a girl came up to us afterwards, and she did the whole, like, oh, I've always wanted to do comedy and everything, mm-hmm. and she was talking to us. She's like, I, but I want to do really edgy material. I want to use the N-word a whole lot, but it's cool, because I, my boyfriend used to be black. Oh. And what, is, what is he now? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that sounds... But my, boy, my ex-boyfriend was black. Holy crap. It was funny because both Jack and Dan wanted to leave her to hang on that one. They're like, totally, you can totally do that. It's fine. That sounds like him for sure. It's fine. I mean, He's not lying. Oh, but well. I was afraid she'd get legitimately killed. So I'm like, don't, don't do that. In their defense, 
there is not a single one of us that doesn't like to see a train wreck every once in a while. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I love to see a good train wreck. I just don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to have any right. hand in it. I want to be an innocent bystander. He said it was okay. Right. I hate hearing about, like, in the comedy discord, about hearing a complete train wreck and not being there. Oh, that is so disheartening. Oh, yeah. yeah like, I, when we missed that one woman, that ambassador, I'm su- I'm super sad about that. Right. What happened at Ambassador? Uh, we don't know. We weren't there. Well, <laughs> apparently, according to what I heard, some woman got really slashed, went up there, and just dropped end bombs just <gasps> constantly. Just a constant stream of them. And I, they told me this. I thought it was hilarious. And I said to them, like, well, do you think they, she would have stopped if maybe I was there? I was like, no. No, she was, <laughs> wow. she, was com- she was committed. I think that's, that was the exact word. She was committed. And there's something honorable about that. That's confidence <laughs> right there. That's confidence. I wouldn't use honorable there. Look, confidence. I'll give you brave. I'll brave, give it brave. It's brave. But not honorable. <laughs> Yeah, that's you the don't want to get caught saying yeah, that. That's the word I want. Yeah, it, it's definitely brave, if if not insanely stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> but in her defense, you know, like even though like I'm half black, I still won't use super edgy racial material. I actually try to steer away from that stuff most of the time. Yeah, just because I feel like I can't defend myself in good faith if anyone calls me out on it. <laughs> You're not black enough. Yeah, actually, uh, a, a comic did say that to me once. He's he oh, said, no. he, "Yeah, it, it was it was during an open mic, and he's like, Alex, you're half black, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Ah, oh, you ain't black." He just, oh. kept, he just went on with his set. I forget oh. who he, he was. He at least could have been like creative, and be like you can only tell half of those jokes. Yeah, <laughs> that, been, that actually would have been clever. <laughs> if that happens, next people are gonna think I'm poor. Why? Like, Oh. oh, you guys don't think that? Okay, it's working. All right, the ruse is working. All right. You know, with you, it's not even the fact that your shirt is covered in money. It's that it's always so crisp and clean. My shirts always have coffee stains and cat scratches all over them. Well, you see, it's because I'm like a cartoon character. My closet is literally just these money shirts and these pants. So, what is the rate on those in bulk? In bulk? Yeah. Well, how many are you looking to buy? A dozen? A hundred? <laughs> I mean, depends you, on how often you do laundry. Where do you find those shirts? Um, well, I'd found this because when I when I was on the show, they make you go through different companies for ro- wardrobe. So you, you can provide like some of your own stuff, but ideally they want you to pick stuff from certain sites because mm. then when people see you on the show, they will buy that. Right. And so far, I haven't seen anybody buy this shirt, so I'm not doing Aww. a very good job. That's okay. No, um, actually, you get, is it a, like an affiliate? Do you get a commission on them buying that shirt? Um, if I if I was to do something with them, I'm yeah. sure. But um, actually, I'm a I'm getting ready. I guess this is an announcement. I'm getting ready to retire this money shirt because this Ooh. is like the official one from the show. So I'm gonna like get it framed and stuff. But I have some new money shirts coming in to the. So well, that'll be fun. Exciting. So that'll be a surprise. Yeah. Not anymore, but no. yeah. Okay. I feel like that's a good t- good note to end on. A big announcement. <laughs> the big reveal. Yeah. That's... So do you guys have anything you want to plug? Social media? Like we already talked a little bit about YouTube. Any shows coming up? Yeah. And if you mention shows, make sure you do a full location on that, like city and state, so that they sure. know. Well, I, then in that case, um, I would tell you all the shows, but because my memory is so crappy, um, I can't give you the full... That's um, fair. Well, I, is there a place that they can go to to see where you're doing your shows? Uh, I know this weekend, I, I believe I am at the Stockhouse Brewery. Um, it's in the Milwaukee area. Again, I, if I'm wrong, I'm so that's sorry. Cool. But yeah, that's. And then I and then I, the week after, I'll be at the Attic, which is Menasha. Yeah, which nice. is Menasha. 
Okay, Menasha, Wisconsin. We're Wisconsin. we're global now. Hey, are you making fun of how I talk? No. Does yeah. she have an accent? I'm You've sorry. already gone over. I this. don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do not have an accent. Uh, for me, you can find me as Cash Money Carl on every platform on Xbox with K, on Mr. Right? Mini Golf. Yeah, on isn't it uh, Cash with, the, with yeah, a K? Cash with a K. Yep, and Carl with the K. Mm-hmm. Money with an M. All right, so we got the bases covered there. Um, <laughs> Uh, That's K M K. Just yeah, to be yep, clear. Yep. Uh, on <laughs> Xbox, I'm Mr. Mini Golf. If you want to play some games, um, I have a website called CashMoneyComedy.com. That's also with a K. Comedies with a C. I'm just making this really. Confusing I was gonna for say, man. All right, so we'll start over. Cash Money Carl. <laughs> Cash is with the K. M for money. K for Carl. And then website Cash with a K. Money with an M. Comedy.com. Uh, I have a show at the end of the month. Uh, I'll be headlining uh, at Cheers 2 in Coleman, Wisconsin, uh, March 26th. It's a Saturday. Uh, You can get a dinner, a rib dinner, or a shrimp dinner, whatever suits your fancy. So I think we cleared it up. It's it's Mm K-M-K-K-M-C. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got it. Yeah. (laughs) That's why we have her here, folks. I'll also be doing a roast battle, too. Oh, that's uh, fun. That'll be in Milwaukee at Puddler's Hall. Uh, the last Tuesday of the month. Very cool. I will lose. So that's cool. All right. Good luck. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys so much for being on. Thank you so thank much. You, Thanks, you can guys. find us at comedyconnects.com or on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Comedy Connects. I'm Jenny Soldner. I'm Mike Shampo. Thanks for coming. Listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. There. <laughs> Bye. A little editing work for Nate at the end there. <laughs> he won't edit. He'll no, this is bold. raw. He raw. Won't edit. No, he'll he, he, he always screws me over. He doesn't edit, Mike.